Hello, this is our ninth episode for Amada War podcast, and today we're talking about metaverse with Mohamed Ezeldin from Amonica Brands. Hi, Mohamed. Hey, Anna. Hey, Brian. Great to be here. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Do you want to do, tell a little bit about yourself and, and your background? How did you end up in the Amonica Brands and the Web3? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's like when everyone enters into Web3, we forget that there was a life prior to, to crypto and, and Web3. But my mind was quite interesting. Probably a good place to start is with my university education, because that, that leads into a lot of what I do as, as head of tokenomics. So I studied mathematics at, at university in London, graduated with a first class honours, went to work in finance. It was a dream. I'm going to retire by the time I'm 35, six figures. I quit second weekend ethos was completely wrong i just didn't buy into the messaging that was there having been brought up with egyptian parents and egyptian culture and, and, and islamic traditions at home it was always about giving back to the community it was always about how we can add value what we can do to work together to be successful love love for a brother what you love for yourself um, as opposed to mine 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 dog eat dog world which which existed in, in finance so i didn't know what to do next so i thought let me go back into education and i went and did my master's uh, which was a great experience it helped a lot of my self-development as well and then after that it's like great i have two degrees now and i have no idea what it is i'm gonna do did quite a bit of self-reflecting thinking back to what i enjoyed doing because for me if you have to do a job you enjoy doing if you're going to be good at that job, if you're going to genuinely look to provide and, and add value. And I decided to go down um, the teaching rabbit hole. So I trained to, to become a mathematics teacher. And I was in the industry for 10 years. And actually a lot of, of what I learned in my teaching career alongside my maths is what I use in, in tokenomics. So I guess I'll spend a couple of minutes going through that. Teaching in the UK specifically, there are two main career paths. The first one is pastoral, and, and what that focuses on is uh, the behaviour side of things. So by no means am I a, a behavioural behavioral specialist, but I, <laughs> I know, I mean, everyone's an expert in this space. Um, I'm not an expert when it comes to behavioural theory, but I had enough exposure to it. And I was lucky enough to be a head of house in a couple of schools. And if you've seen Harry Potter... Very similar, not as magical. I mean, I can't say 10 points to Gryffindor and they'll magically be, be added to the house points. You have to do that stuff manually. But it was really good having dominion over a quarter of the school. So you're talking about hundreds of kids. So managing hundreds of kids is, is never easy, especially when these are quite challenging schools. I always like to challenge myself. So I, I'd go into schools where there, there, there's a lot of underlying challenges. There's a lot of poverty in the families and in the areas where where the kids were growing up and for me that was a great challenge so that really gave me an insight into behavioral psychology the other main career path you can take is what we call um, curriculum or the curriculum side and that's all about the pedagogy pedagogy for those who don't know it's the theory of learning so I went down the rabbit hole of, of what is the theory of learning and started started developing quite complex ecosystems for, for kids to learn in that would encompass multiple different things different layers really looking to optimize their learning experience, how we can empower the children, again, teenagers, to be able to learn. And a lot of that is, is what, again, I alluded to, we use in tokenomics. Now, simultaneous to me being a teacher, I got into crypto into 2017. Um, I was introduced to the Bitcoin white paper. August time, I read it and I was like, this is amazing. This solves the Byzantine's general problem, which is how, how I'd seen the problem that Bitcoin was solving. 
and then very quickly discover that ICOs are for right. Forget about Bitcoin for now. The tech's amazing, but I can make a lot of money here. Started investing small amounts. They turn like three, four figure sums will turn into like five, six figures. It's like, oh my God, this is amazing. In December 2017, thought, all right, I'm a master at what I'm doing. I'm going to go all in. By March 2018, my portfolio was heavily down. By May, I was like, I'd lost 90 something percent of my portfolio. And I was like, yeah, great. Yeah, I'm not going to have financial freedom yet. Let me stick with teaching for, for a bit longer. But being a teacher, you're taught to reflect. So I reflected on why I lost this money and I'd realized I was investing and I was realizing profits. And then what I was doing is I was putting those profits in to trade. And I had no idea what I was doing at that point. So I'd learned to trade, became profitable within trading, but also realized it was very draining. It wasn't adding value, which is one of my superpowers. It was um, taking value away. You're waking up in the middle of the night, checking your trades. I'm in the classroom checking my trades and it just became a real drain on, on energy. And it's like, all right, so trading is great. It's another way to make money, but it's not for me. Why else did I lose money? Some of these projects were not rock pools. They were legitimate teams, fully docs teams. They're still building what's what's happened to the token price. And it was at that point I discovered that it wasn't because of their tokenomics. It was actually because of the lack of tokenomics, whatever this mystical word actually meant. And this is back in, in, in 2018. So I went down the tokenomics rabbit hole, started developing different different models and just different frameworks, started up a consultancy with with my friend. I'm, I'm again, maths background. He was a, a physics background. So we worked quite well together from like the pure and, and applied side of, of things. Had that up on my LinkedIn. And in 2021, I believe it was, I was approached by the recruiter for Animal Brands uh, on LinkedIn. Again, I did have it on, on my LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is a great tool to use. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in a position I'm in probably right now. I was approached, went through the interview process. Funnily enough, the final stage with, with Yat, it was a lot less on tokenomics and more on, on ethos. And I, I didn't understand why at the time. But a couple of months into the drop, it, the penny dropped. And it, it made sense why the ethos was so important as designers. And regardless of what you're designing, you tend to design things based on your own experience, your own understanding. Maybe be a bit biblical and say in your own image. And, and that's why the ethos was so important, making sure that we're designing ecosystems that are open, that are equitable, that actually add value to the different stakeholders within that ecosystem. And yeah, and I remember I was offered the job and I was like, guys, I'm going to have to wait a few months until I actually finish my the, the academic year and then I can join full time because I've, I'm not going to leave partway through through the year because of... I like to when I start something, I like I like to finish it off off, and that's sort of my journey into crypto and into being the head of tokenomics and Merkle Brands. And I'll take a breath now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, that's quite a journey. And just like just to point out, just you you didn't have a clear connection to the Web three, but at the same time, I think it was just like we we spoke before because a lot of people are scared to go into. Metaverse web free just because I'm not good enough or didn't know enough, but yeah, just don't don't be afraid to take a risk and try it out. So, but maybe we can mention a little bit about Monica Brands that they they're mostly famous for the 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 sandbox and the investment in Axie Axie Infinity, Opensea, and mainly like focused on the. Uh, Organization? <laughs> oh my god, I can't pronounce. No, no, you've you, you got it in one. You got it in one. Yeah. So, so basically, digital ownership. So that's what. But 
on the side, I think I was quite interested about the open metaverse. And I heard like they, you started a DAO for that with other companies for, for that in order to find out what could be the standards and. Yes. So, so that's the open metaverse Alliance three or OMA three that was brought up. I guess I think that it was in Q3 of 2022 when the end of Q3, beginning of Q4, when, when the OMA 3 was, was announced. And the main thinking about OMA 3, it, it's to act as a consortium, a collective, a DAO, so to speak, of all of the different projects who, who genuinely believe in the open metaverse. Because right now there is a threat from your likes of Facebook slash Meta, Microsoft with, with their with their acquisition of, of, of Activision or Blizzard. So it's we have all of these Web2 incumbents and they're building the metaverse. And as you alluded to, big part of the ethos at Animoca Brands is this idea of owning or having ownership of your digital assets. A big issue is people don't understand the value of ownership of a digital asset. We understand the value of physical ownership. So I own my house, I own my keys, I own my phone. This is something physical, it's something tangible. We don't fully understand the value of our of our data, so to speak. If we talk about digital assets, the first digital assets that we have Aside from avatars and in-game items, forget all of that. The most important digital asset we have is our data. And our data is being monetized by by every single Web2 de- um, company out there. And we see nothing of that. We just, we're just a statistic. We're just a number or a code in the system. And people don't understand the value of that. I, I don't know if, I guess, our listeners and, and, and Anna and Brian, for you guys as well, maybe two or three, I think three years ago, Facebook brought out WhatsApp. And there was a big furore around it and our data is not safe. And everyone started downloading Signal. Everyone started downloading Telegram. We're all going to move. We're not going to use WhatsApp. How many of us still use WhatsApp? A lot of us do. I normally do this when I'm, when I'm talking on stage and I ask people to raise their hands and you see nearly every hand go up. So, And th- these are in Web3 conferences where we're, we're meant to have more of an understanding of digital ownership. But yet we still continue to use platforms like Facebook, like WhatsApp like Instagram, like TikTok, where we have no control over our data and yet we're, we're in Web3. So but I guess back to the point of the Open Metaverse Alliance, it was this is, was meant, it, it's, it is a collective to bring us together and decentralization is a big part of the space and we're starting to see the power of decentralization. But also what we're seeing, DAO is another buzzword in the space. We've seen a lot of DAOs come up and fail as well. Some of the early DAOs, and it's, it's, we have to understand that learning takes time. We really need to have a growth mindset in the space that there's going to be a lot of iteration, a lot of failings, but it's about us looking at what's what works, what doesn't work and trying to iterate and find a genuine solution. And for me, the core purpose of DAOs is organizing a large amount of people in a decentralized fashion. It's, it's how can you organize a million people to work? Well, normally we need centralized structures, which is why you have these massive multinational corporations that do so but there's always specific points where there are power where there's like a handful of people make the decisions for everyone else whereas in a decentralized nature it's quite the opposite we want it's, it's bottoms up we want everyone's input is as important but then the other aspect is within a centralized structure there's reputation if i'm the ceo then that's the reputation that comes along with it. If I'm an intern who's just starting, then that's the reputation that comes along with that. And we're all different within the hierarchy. But within Web3, we haven't introduced this idea of of reputation yet, which is why I feel a lot of DAOs haven't been successful yet, because we're still figuring out how do we include this reputation layer. 
and I've, I've taken a pause there and I've spoken about multiple different things, but I'll, I'll, I'll back over to you guys. Yeah, it's, it's very useful. But I think it's just like I, when I try to do some research as well and find out a bit more about open metaverse, I found out that the Microsoft Meta and Sony, they actually try to do their own alliance for the metaverse. So like metaverse standards forum so do you think it will be like two different camps the one who are trying to keep the data in the loop and the ones who are trying to protect people and or what do you think it will be i think that's a good articulation no no i, I think you know you've articulated it really well it's there is two camps it's, it's sort of those who understand the value and understand the value proposition that crypto and web3 give us and then those who don't and big challenge we've had in terms of gaining mainstream adoption. Number one, the amount of scams in, in the space. And when people say is crypto a scam? Yeah, cr crypto in general is a scam. There are a lot of bad actors in the space, but that doesn't mean the technology is bad. It just means we've attracted a lot of bad actors. So there's, there's a key differentiation there. And with the rise in any new technology, this is a common problem. Whereas in, in the Web2 space, it's just like, well, Microsoft, Sony, Facebook, they have their branding. They have their, their user base and it, it then becomes easier to sell products to an existing user base who have brought in. Whereas from, for, from the Web3 or crypto perspective, it's about people having that moment of realization. Maybe not as much as like Morpheus in the Matrix telling Neo, are you taking the blue pill or are you taking the, the red pill? I don't think we have that light bulb moment where it's just like, okay, now crypto makes sense. So now the power of Web3 makes sense. But it's is essentially that red pool, blue pool moment. Like, are you with us? And if you're not with us, it's not necessarily you're against us. It's just you haven't realized that there is this separation of power that's that's trying to take place right now. And it's, it's you do you want to be on the side where we all believe in one another and work together? Or are you going to be on the side of I'm just a zombie, so to speak, where I just do as I'm told and, and, and carry on? Yeah, like your analogy. <laughs> yeah. I want to go back to the the point about data because I think the the chairman of Animoco Brands, yeah, see, does like to talk about that a lot. Where he says, you know, data is basically the the new oil of basically this the century. How do you think, like, um, in the world of Web three and and in the open metaverse, how would that look like? Because we'll... yeah, right now the way it's monetized is you know, uh, as you say, people have no control over the data. You know, whatever they do is being tracked and that's being sold to corporations without their so knowledge. I, so so I, th I think yeah. that's a great question and th there's so many rabbit holes we can we can dive into. It's the first thing I'll say is a no. The technology is still early. We talk about blockchain technology. From what the purpose of Bitcoin was to where we are today, we've seen such a great advancement in the technology. But it, it, well, we're still early. It's still very nascent. So just, just keep that in, in, the back of, in the back of our minds. The other side of it, let's let's examples work let's talk about fortnite fortnite wasn't around a few years ago and all of a sudden it's it had the largest audience not all of a sudden after some time but they had one of the largest audience tuning in to watch what um, one of their live their very first live event which was insane because normally you attribute that to the super bowl you attribute that to the champions league final where you have tens of millions of, of people or the world cup final where you might even hit hundreds of millions of people viewing in but you had esports all of a sudden unblocked something new but within Fortnite, i buy a skin now if i'm playing minecraft or i'm playing call of duty i cannot take my skin i cannot take even though i own this skin i cannot take that skin and leverage it in a different game 
So it's a different form of digital ownership, but digital ownership nonetheless. And that's because I'm siloed within this specific ecosystem. What we're trying, what's happening in Web3, and again, to reference OMA3, it's all about interoperability. It's about how can I be who I am and the assets I own in multiple different ecosystems or in this idea of the metaverse, with the metaverse being a collection of different digital spaces, be it something like the Savox, be it something like RuneScape. So we, we'd think the meta, metaverse is, is a new term. It's not. Metaverse has existed for a long time. So like RuneScape, Minecraft, all of these are early types of, of, of metaverses where people are able to collaborate in, in an online fashion. You can even say something like Eve Online is a form of, of metaverse as well. And that's been going on for over 15 years. Second Life, another example. And I'm trying to mention a lot of the Web2 companies because the metaverse has existed, but we just haven't had digital ownership within that. And what's happening on Web3 is we're starting to develop or we're developing all of these different digital spaces where you do have ownership of your assets. It seems like digital ownerships can be a big part this metaverse is that something that Animoca brands is focused on 100 percent. they're bringing so many different companies together to make this happen absolutely so our, our portfolio is 400 strong we believe in in we generally have, we have to grow the space as of now if we, people like to use price action as 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 a metric of how successful the space is and the, the whole market cap for cryptos where it's just over a trillion dollars the market cap for gold is 12 trillion dollars approximately so like using that as a reference point, we're still a far, we're still far away from where we need to be when we talk about adoption. But the other side of it, from an investment perspective, we understand that it's, even though our background is in gaming, and that's why we're probably at the forefront of a lot of different things, it's all about the infrastructure plays as well. So we've invested in multiple different things. Again, you mentioned the OpenSea, which isn't a gaming platform. It's a marketplace we mentioned Dapper Labs, which was flow chain used to onboard Web2 into Web3 with, with Top Shots, which was hugely successful when that launched. And they, they also gave us crypto kitties. And then you fast forward to today with our investment, for example, in, into Yuga Labs, our work on ApeCoin and how we spoke about DAOs not being successful, arguably one of the m- more successful DAOs in the space right now. So we invest in everything probably aside from exchanges and i know why we we don't want to touch exchanges of of all of the black swan events that have been happening and q3 and q4 of of last year but it's it's knowing that all of these different verticals are cogs and we need to have to truly build the open metaverse as many of these cogs buying into the same vision which is we have to work together we talk about the portfolio that animoca brands has and our portfolio is over 400 strong if you include all of our portfolio companies, subsidiaries, joint ventures that we have there, covering probably more or less everything in the spectrum. I mean, we, we've even invested in an algorithmic stablecoin. So just, just to give an idea of, of, of the breadth and depth of the ecosystem. And what we're really focused on now is consolidating what we have, linking everyone together. So the Mochaverse is something that's been quite hyped up on Twitter over the past few weeks. And the of the Mochaverse is for people within the Animoca ecosystem to be able to identify with one another because it's such a big ecosystem. I mean, I've been with Animoca for coming up to two years now. I know on a first-hand experience, maybe 15%, 16% of the projects we have internally because it's impossible for one person to know 400 plus projects and ecosystems. So how are we then able to identify with, with who else is in, in the ecosystem? So it made sense 
leveraging the Mochaverse PFPs or dividing them into five different realms. And then with each person who comes into the, to the Mochaverse ecosystem is then allocated into one of these realms based on prior to the mint, you're filling out a set of questions and based on your answers, you get allocated into a realm. But we also want to use this as a tool for Animoca supporters to be able to buy in because we understand that the open metaverse, if we're true to our word, it's not just for the Animoca portfolio, it's for everyone. But we're starting off of our portfolio and working our way out. Sounds like a really big ambitious project. And I think, you know, right now, a lot of the interoperability comes from things like PFPs, etc. But, you know, the, the whole dream is to get something like, you know, skins that you buy in Fortnite over to Minecraft, for example. How far do you think we are from that, that dream? Good question. I mean, anywhere between maybe not Fortnite into Minecraft, but maybe Sandbox into Decentraland or into Life Beyond or into oh, Illuvium yeah. or some of the more Web3 centric met- metaverse or, or digital land plays. Anywhere between three and seven years. I mean, I did say maybe 10 minutes ago, like we, we have to be conscious that we're still early in the tech. We talk about interoperability and you have stuff like Layer Zero or Definity of the Internet Computer Protocol, or SWE, or Aptos, who want to act as this layer zero, where other chains can be a part of. So we're seeing different evolutions. We're seeing bridges where maybe you can wrap a token or wrap an NFT and take it from one ecosystem to another ecosystem. But we've also seen the drawdown that these bridges get hacked. So we're still quite early. So I do think a three to seven year timeline is probably quite accurate with, with where we're at. And bearing in mind, we haven't spoken about regulation once in our conversation. <laughs> regulation is normally the is historically the biggest blocker to innovation. But the other side of it, the reason why we haven't seen heavy regulation in crypto is if you regulate crypto, then you acknowledge crypto. You acknowledge that that we exist. I mean, there's no denying that we exist, but you acknowledge that this is something genuine, that this is something that needs to be regulated because it's part of society today. So while regulation isn't always the best from an innovative perspective certain forms of regulation actually they add precedent that crypto is more legit and as we saw in maybe 2017 2018 in that bull run you had all of the banks saying crypto is a scam you didn't have any big brands coming anywhere near crypto fast forward to the last bull bull cycle you have all of the big banks now have crypto trading desks if it's your jp morgans if it's your goldman sachs you have so many big brands have come into the space if it's with um, Adidas, with their Into the Metaverse drop, and they raise over $20 million, Nike, and I think they, they brought out, was it Artifact, again in Q3, I think it was of, of last year. Then you've got the big game developers like Ubisoft, Square Enix. Um, Square Enix have sold off a lot of their existing IPs to focus on investing in Web3. So we're seeing a lot more of the bigger brands. Tiffany's, with, with the collaboration with the CryptoPunks, that when they had was it thirty special pieces sold at fifty ETH each or thirty so fifty pieces sold at thirty ETH each where you get your NF TIFF I think it was called and you also get the the pendant which had diamonds encrusted and, and so on and so forth so when you look at the brands coming in there's a lot of brands that are coming into the space so we're a lot closer to adoption we just need the technology to catch up but more importantly let's forget about the backend how many people know how the internet works. Not many. They just know how to use it. And this is, for me, has been a big challenge that we've been selling the tech, but the majority of people don't care about the tech. They care about the UI, UX, and they also care about 
who in my community is on this app? Like once we hit critical mass, then people jump on. Look at TikTok. TikTok were great when they first launched in terms of gaining adoption. They brought in all of the big influencers. Paris Hilton was on TikTok and other big influencers were on TikTok and they hit critical mass. And once you have that critical mass, nothing can stop you. It's like once you've gone through that, again, any exponential growth, it's you have a very long tail and then bam, it just, it makes sense and everyone begins to adopt crypto is the same but we're very tribal in crypto again there's so many rabbit holes we're very tribal in crypto as well and sometimes i feel the tribalism lets us down as a space because while we're too busy infighting when we could be working together to bring to bring the space forward but do you have any kind of hopes or projections for the next year or like maybe not even the year of five years like (laughs) sky's the limit absolutely i guess my my hope is that we continue to work together We've seen a lot of bad actors in the space. Don't let that discourage anyone, anyone who's new in the space. Everyone is building. Like we talk about bear markets. NFT Paris was last week. Didn't feel like a bear market to me. I was in the queue for 45 minutes and then I had to go to my meeting. I didn't even get in. Then when I finished my meeting, I came back and, and the queue had gone. But we talk about bear markets, but there's a lot more building going on. So I think we're nearly there. We're a few years away from having mainstream adoption coming in so keep building keep learning if there's anyone you want to have a chat with reach out ask questions it's a very open space i know if anyone's reached out to me sometimes it takes me days weeks or months to respond so apologies for that in in advance but it's it's that there's a lot of good actors in the space and we don't talk about that enough i think we're on an upward trajectory i mean we haven't had a black swan event since ftx and ftx did shake us to our core but we're recovering from that. We're starting to see that actually even centralized asset aspects in a decentralized space don't work. Like FTX is a great example of that. The lunar ecosystem is a great example of that. So there's even more of a case for decentralization. There's even more of a case for us working together, for us trying to be as open source and blue ocean as possible. So for, from a projection perspective is once we once some of these AAA games, especially once they start being released and as long as they're marketed in the correct way, we'll start to see people playing games without knowing that they're blockchain powered. And we're not even going to call them blockchain games because they're just games. It's just the back end is blockchain. Yeah. So we'll focus on the value, like bring yes. the value and people. Will yes. And, and the final thing is we have to move away from giving money, money away as rewards. This has been a big challenge in the spaces. We think of rewards as financial when a reward doesn't have to be financial whatsoever. So that's been a big challenge in the space that we've had so far. And hopefully we can move away from that. Uh, in order to connect, we'll find out about more about Monica and what are you doing. The podcast, you mentioned there are like even two podcasts. So we probably will share the links over there, but if you can give like a little teaser. Yeah. So so we, we have two podcasts that are recorded in, in-house. One is recorded by by the infamous Rich Robinson. It's focused on interviewing founders within the ecosystem just for them to share their journey, share their stories, and that there's a lot of alpha and insights in there. The other podcast is is recorded by Mehdi, who is a, a senior tokenomics analyst in, in my department and myself. It's called the Open Metaverse podcast. And we really focus on bringing in a breadth of, of people focusing on tokenomics focusing on their views and trying to give a rounded view of what crypto is what web3 is what the metaverse is and just trying to get more buy-in and using it as an educational play for people to understand and learn more yeah if you have any kind of closing um 
closing closing that's, statement that's, yeah, yeah if, if if you've reached this far into the podcast well done drop me <laughs> drop me drop me a dm and i'll send you a wave <laughs> now closing remarks it's it's podcasts in general great way great educational tool so big thank you to anna and to brian for hosting this podcast i know it takes a lot of time and effort for everything that gets done so kudos to both of you it's we're going strong as a space. We have to continue believing. Um, and to be honest, blockchain and crypto is here to stay. And like we've been going strong, even of all the black swan events that have been happening. So so keep building. And WAGME is more than, than just five-letter abbreviation. We are all going to make it. LFG, mic drop, peace out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming. It's Thank bye. you, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.